Young Life Coach Podcast, where we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. So today I'm joined on the podcast by attorney Byron A. Quintanilla. Byron, welcome to the show. Hey, Derek. Good morning, and thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor, and I'm super excited for this podcast. Uh, we have a lot of great information that I'd like to share. You know, I, I followed your following for quite some time now, and, and, I, and I love the work that you're doing, so thank you. All right. Thank you for that. Already, the gracious words are already nourishing my soul. I appreciate that, Byron. For all of our podcast listeners, let me share with you a little bit about Byron's background so you know a little bit about who he is. Byron A. Quintanilla operates his law practice in New York City and Long Island, assisting clients with their accidents, workers' compensation, real estate, and immigration matters. Byron's law practice is focused on bringing efficient, predictable, and cost-effective results. Byron's team handles complex matters of litigation on a wide spectrum of issues. Byron and his team serve as trusted advisors to his clients, throughout the state of New York. All right, Byron, what inspired you to become an attorney? That's a great question, Derek. Uh, so I actually come from a family where I had two <clears throat> undocumented parents who from Guatemala who went through the process of becoming uh, legal United States citizens, just wanting a better life for their family. And I just remember going through that whole process with them, not as a lawyer, but as their son, and just seeing what they had to um, overcome in, in the forms of obstacles to get to their goal. So as complicated as the process was, and the language barrier uh, being a huge issue for them, uh, I found that I wanted to be able to be an educator, uh, as well as an advocate for other folks in the community. So uh, I can say that having a broad cultural awareness drove me to wanting to help other people. So I think that that's where it really stems from. In fact, uh, just a little bit of my law firm, mm -hmm. uh, the immigration practice is a, is a big component of it. So, um, yes, you know, what I love about that is because it's the issue was so close to home with your parents and how much um, culturally, but, you know, in, in general, you know, how, how much um, value and preciousness we have for, uh, for our parents and how much, you know, how much respect and love you had for them and to see the challenges they went through and for you to have seen that and experienced it firsthand and then having that passion grow inside of you to be able to really decide, I want to help people like my parents who went through this challenge to make it as, um, as easy as it can be, given that it's a complicated and challenging process. Of course. And just uh, further to uh, that point, com communicating to our clients the pros and cons, because sometimes it's not always good news. Sometimes it could be bad news. Sure. So as the attorney, we're responsible for uh, communicating, hey, this is an obstacle that you may overcome, or this can be um, this can be something that can benefit you. You have more than one option. Sometimes our clients have more than one option and uh, advising them of any changes in the law because immigration law is very fluid. It tends to change a lot. And mm -hmm. as of this past October, in order for anyone to have any uh, immigration relief, 
mm-hmm. there's now this requirement to have a COVID vaccination. So one of the first topics that we discuss is how the, the whole uh, vaccination debate, but that's uh, that way I'm able to advise client ahead of time. Hey, if, if you're pro or against, you know, that will help me make a determination of whether I can help somebody. So. Sure. You know, yeah. you, you know, you know, even in the immigration space, I could see how it's a strength of yours in the law firm because the little bit I know about um, immigration, certainly correct me if I'm wrong, is there's there's so much of the people, the love for people, the compassion, the empathy, the be the, the a, being able to connect, listen, and in with with that um, with that love, with that care for people. Um, that one, I mean, I know I, I, we've only interacted for whatever, 20, 20, 25, 30 minutes here, but you certainly radiate that compassion and that care for people already. And I can see how that really helps you in the immigration space in your law firm. Yeah. And uh, that's one of my uh, favorite qualities from some of my favorite people. Um, patience and sincerity, I think, are two of the ingredients to be able to really have that strong connection with the client you're building trust so you you said listening right listening mm-hmm. to the client not just um regular listening but active listening so yes. and this is something that i was taught when i was younger in school because i will i think as human beings we always want to be better uh, than we were yesterday sure so sometimes like and correct me if i'm wrong Sometimes in our communications, maybe somebody wants to speak first, but they're not listening to what the last person says because they're conveying like a feeling. And some of my clients express fear or intimidation about the whole process. So I I will empathize with them. I say, I understand that this can be complicated and overwhelming, but Mm. my job here is to help make this process easier. Um, And having to do that uh, for someone who's, first language is Spanish is another um, is another complication for for a lot of attorneys that I see so I think thankfully I'm bilingual uh, the last five years if we try to do this five years ago I think my Spanish has uh, definitely perfected I've gotten invited to Telemundo and Univision so I'm super excited I guess my Spanish must be okay if I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm getting called in but I, you know, like I said, it goes back to the the idea of being wanting to be better than we were before because uh, uh, we always want to try to advance and be better people. I think so. Yes, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Now, um, tell me, and maybe this is related to all of this, but but what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I I love I love meeting with people. I love mingling. I was um, in high school. I was the type of person that. Um, would walk up to a stranger and, you know, ask their name, like, what, what do you do? Like, uh, you know, what are your, what's your background? Like, um, met you here, you know, what's, uh, you know, how are you? You know, it's just, I think it's just a human behavior that I think that uh, that's just radiates from me. And I think positive vibes radiate from me. And I, I get positive vibes from people that also share the same thing. Yeah. So being an attorney, I love, I love customer service. I've been working in customer service like as early as 14. My dad put me to work when I was uh, 15. Mm. Uh, my first job was working at Starbucks. That was, they're so big on this uh, principles of customer, legendary service is what they call it. Wow. I think they still call yeah. it that. So um, learning how to make these drinks and, you know, the, the checking off the little boxes, I had to learn all of that. 
uh, working at a bank certainly required working with people. I, I, I really love working with people. And I'm, I guess it goes to my patience and uh, my interest in trying to understand and solve problems. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, with, when I'm listening to you speak about it, what, what I love about what, what you as attorneys have access to is a versatility of roles and responsibilities because there are some attorneys that, that don't want the people, they don't, they don't want the people interaction and they can be very much trans, trans, transactional and that fits them and that helps them. They want to be apart from the people. They kind of just want to um, execute on, um, on tasks and, uh, and, and those types of responsibilities. But it's fascinating to hear you on the other side of that, you know, really liking the people interaction, the customer service, that you've had all along in your journey at Starbucks as in, in, in banking. And then over here, it, 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 it's great to see that versatility in, in the industry of, uh, of uh, lawyering. Yeah, no, you touch upon a very important point, right? It's like the extrovert or the introvert, right? Like, and then exactly. the type of activities that they like to partake in. I can tell you, I have a friend that's just like that. He's the total opposite of me. He says, I don't want to do the marketing. I don't want to do the networking. I'll, mm. I'll be the guy working behind the curtain and uh, I'll do the transactional work. And then if we ever are partners, you can be the guy that's marketing. Cause I love being out there. I was just at a network, my first networking event in almost two years. Wow. Uh, we hold a Latino professional networking event in Manhattan. And it was just great to see everybody there. I felt like I was back in my element. And it was, mm. yeah, I was getting, I was, I was catching up with some of the colleagues there that I, that have, that come into these networking events uh, every yeah. so often. And it was just nice to hear how everybody has, um, has adapted during the pandemic in the p- profession. So it's great wow, to hear about that. Wow, that's special. And for our listeners, at the time of this recording, it's December 2nd of 2021. And what Byron just shared, it's been almost two years. You said almost two years? Almost two years, yeah. Almost two years since their last networking event. You just had one. And that, that event was this week? Yeah, so it was uh, last week. Last week. Um, last week. Mm-hmm. That's special. and That's precious. Um, and uh, it's exciting that things are getting a little bit back to normal, especially in, in the hub of New York, which we saw in the U.S. as, you know, take a probably the, the most serious hit um, when it came to the pandemic and, and everything you all went through. Um, that's, uh, that's powerful. And by, by the way, if there's ever a networking event where, you, you know, you, you are trying to bring somebody in, let, let me know. I, you know um, of love course, to- we would love to have you there. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, DM you and, and get that, get that um, personal email. <laughs> hey, well, I love that. That's exciting. I appreciate it. Um, let, let me yeah. ask you about your law focus. Like, how did you, how did you decide, um, how did you go about choosing your focus of law? Every attorney I asked this question to, they kind of have this different story. Some tried different things. Some did everything. Some did one thing. Um, what's your story on how did you decide your, your, your law focus? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, before I actually went to law school and even be, even while I was attending, attending at Binghamton University to receive myself with a bachelor's degree, I uh, worked in the uh, attorney general's office. I had an opportunity to work for personal injury law firms as mm-hmm. a paralegal. I'm actually certified. Uh, I'm a certified paralegal. Uh, and I started to see different areas of law that I, I liked and didn't like. So having the opportunity to be exposed to that early on uh, and then having to make the transition to law school where I also worked in an immigration clinic while going to class 
that is where I said, I think I want to do, I, I'm pretty sure I want to do immigration. I didn't really like the PI stuff. Uh, I'm PI being personal injury. I said, sure. this is, this is where I want to be. And in fact, it was easier coming out of law school because I worked for a firm for two years and I knew after those two years, I was going to open up my law firm because I already had clients while I was in law school asking me to assist them. But I said, yeah, I was like, I don't have a license yet, but once I do, <laughs> please give me a call. So I already had developed this book of business. And I think that uh, if I was going to give advice to uh, new lawyers who are starting out, whether it be um, being done with private practice, working for big uh, law firms, or just uh, you know coming out of law school who are planning to open up a law firm, I would say that patience and uh, is virtue because there's mm. certainly a lot that goes into um, developing a law firm. It's I had to learn everything. I had to be an accountant. I had to be a paralegal. I had to be the lawyer. I had to be the, you know, the mail courier. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. But if I had to give advice, I'd say that uh, please be patient. Uh, things don't happen overnight. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a place four years after having right. developed the law firm that um, I'm happy where, where things are and I wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. And it, it, your story does illustrate some great input for, for the aspiring attorneys, for the, you know, for, for even uh, law students of getting that experience as the paralegal, you know, getting, getting the experience in personal injury, you know, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes an experience isn't to, to, um, isn't a guarantee of, Hey, this is what I want to do forever. But it's, it, it, you know, having an experience that shows you, I don't really like this. I don't really want to do this. To me, that that's always a, a victory because it's 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 one one step closer to what I want to do, and you got a chance to experience that what you didn't want to do to get closer to what you did want to do in the in the immigration space. Absolutely, hundred percent. I think that, um, and I've seen this with colleagues. So I'm just speaking from experience, and what I've seen is that um, a lot of attorneys were focused on just the. The, the theory and book meaning they just want to stu- they wanted to study they weren't participating in extracurricular activities and rightfully so i mean you know you're in school and maybe you might not have as much time you might need to dedicate more time to work yeah. but i took the risk i said okay i'll uh you know i'll i'll work in a clinic i was working three days out of the week there i was working at a personal injury law firm and still going to class uh five days a week and I was also on the mock trial and, and moot court team at my law school. So uh, sleep was definitely uh, something <laughs> that uh, me, me and sleep had a very, we had a very attenuated relationship in law school, but still I uh, made time to go to the gym. And I think that that's, uh, that, that's, that's what keeps me um, feeling good every day. And what I do keeps me, yes. it fuels me. So, yes. Well, Hey, yeah. you survived. You clearly made it through uh, doing all of that. So <laughs> there, there, there is, um, credibility in, in the survival, especially with, with, with everything you, you had on your plate during that time period. Yeah, now, definitely. Um, now, in, in the area of as attorneys, you know, you've ha- had plenty of experience to, to interact with other attorneys and connect. What is one common challenge you've seen other attorneys face? And what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? It's a great question. So I think that it's identifying uh, what I see a lot of attorneys um, 
have happened and I've seen it even with me. I made this mistake, so I'm, I'm owning it as well, is knowing when one needs, uh, knowing the type of representation. So knowing firsthand, you're going to understand that each client uh, has different needs for each particular case. So uh, I guess what I'm referring to is when the client holds that initial intake, that first meeting with the client, it's having that icebreaker and then asking them the, the respective questions about who they are and then the facts of the case. Sometimes I think that attorneys, because they are very focused on time and they you know, want to give a 30 minute intake versus an hour, will sometimes not identify all of the issues that could come up. I'll, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Sometimes the, the client is coming in for uh, a business matter, uh, a bit, uh, formation of a business. Mm. And while they may not, uh, you know, the immigration status may not be an issue. This is a, this is a real uh, example. Mm. They didn't go into asking specific questions to see if they would qualify for a visa. In this particular case, the client had been a victim of a crime in the United States. She was pending immigration status at that point for another, for another, uh, through another option. But she, by the attorney not asking this question about being a victim, which she was, she could have qualified for this U visa. Now, a U visa doesn't necessarily give you immigration status, but it's certainly another option that allows you to remain in the United States. So I think that it's sometimes because we're some attorneys are um, want to get to the next meeting um, might miss a couple of facts that may be uh, pertinent to that client's case, mm. even though it's not necessarily the same area of law. Wow. And sometimes there are times when I refer cases out that are outside of my bandwidth, uh, knowing what the client's needs are is, is super crucial explaining whether or not you'll be able to help them at the end of the day. Uh, communication, clear communication is the most practical uh, practice point that I can suggest to any attorney that is starting out for sure. Communication mm -hmm. at the beginning builds trust. And then that's why a lot of clients do come back to me. I'm, uh, uh, I've had family and friends say, uh, leave reviews. I said, if the experience was great, you know, leave a review. But if it wasn't, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, there's a uh, no love lost, you know, I, I love yeah. working with people. So it's mm -hmm. been great. You know, I, I appreciate that insight because, and, I, and it's, it's fascinating how that principle, I would say even transcends law. It's, you know, the image, when you were speaking, I immediately thought about a doctor who's only looking at the immediate injury, you know, to my arm, but, but my shoulder's broken, you know, whatever my, my elbow on the other arm or my leg is also, also, you know, has, has broken as well or something, you know, you just think about somebody you're, you're illustrating who cares enough about the client to spend the appropriate time to understand them holistically, to assess how you can best serve them. And I think there's, there's something precious about that kind of service because you are looking after the whole person and not just what they are initially saying. You even, you even mentioned it. Sometimes attorneys can be in such a rush to go to the next meeting instead of spending the needed precious time with the people to effectively and adequately help and support them. Absolutely. And Derek, uh, you just touched up on a very important point. This is actually what I tell 
a lot of, of my colleagues, I said, but the doctor that examines you, the doctor is holistically examining the full anatomy of yes. the human and having to know what the issue is versus not just what the client is telling you, right? Because the doctor is going to say, hey, by the way, there's also, um, you know, a you have something going on here in the, in the lungs, right? Maybe, you know, he's doing his job. And that's what, that's how my complimentary consultation um, moves forward when a client comes in. Uh, Cause you're not going to go to a doctor and say, I need help. And then they say, pay me 5,000 to help you. That's not how legal representation works either. Uh, especially in my firm. I, I spend an hour with the clients and while a lot of attorneys might, um, you know, uh, criticize me for that. I think that spending that one hour, I'm truly creating value to really build the trust with the client. Um, my whole law firm is built on customer service, just like it's always been uh, for other jobs that I work for, because mm-hmm. customer service is super huge for me. Yes, um, It's very personal, especially now during the pandemic, where everything is being done virtual. It's very hard to be able to make your uh, your personality come out when it's just being a text, you know, I mean, we're doing video now and, uh, you know, you and I prior to, you know, logging on, we had, you know, a connection mm. and the same thing here. That's why my whole motto has been Yo te cuido. And that, that stems all the way back to uh, my upbringing yes. because I want to be treated exactly how someone else would be treating, treat me and vice versa. So mutual respect is super important to me. Yes. I love that mutual respect. Now, when, when you think about your law firm and you, you kind of capturing this uh, with um, the customer service and, and but but I know every new law firm owner, one of the first problems they want to solve is new clients. And they're asking, how do I get clients? How do I keep the clients coming in? How do so? So the, so the question I want to ask you is what, what have you discovered as the best way to, to bring in new clients to your law firm, what is what has worked best for you um, in in your journey? Yeah, um, during actually, uh, Derek. In fact, most of um, what I do is the networking events, making mingling with with um, a lot of the other young professionals. Um, I was I do blo- uh, blogging. I do blogging, especially now with Instagram. Uh, I am creating content is super important because you want to educate clients on the changing laws, being, uh, you know, sharing MailChimp uh, blast, but not in a salesy kind of way. You know, you're, you're just looking out for your clients saying, Hey, by the way, you know, you might uh, with this new vaccine requirement, you know, if you are planning to, to do some type of proceeding, just keep that in mind because you're building trust. It's like, it's like when, a mom and dad relationship or a mom and child relationship, right? You're, you're, you're not really paternalizing them, but you're looking out for their best interests, right? Like your mm. mom and your dad are always gonna, gonna love you, <laughs> yes. even though you might not agree with all their advice. But um, I also, during the pandemic, I was forced to uh, create YouTube videos on, on certain areas of law. And I feel like planting those seeds, people were able to look back at it six months later and say, Oh, I'm going to, speak to that attorney um and then they're seeing me and then one of the things and lastly is having meetings in my office every so often recently i'm holding a uh uh future estate planning meeting where everyone is invited um we had 15 people at the last meeting 
but I'm really advising folks about the will, uh, doing a will, doing a trust. And these are small business owners. They're not other lawyers. These are potential clients, but they're also um, friends of the community. So uh, yeah. realistically, they're, they're getting to know me. They're getting to ask their questions that they didn't have. So having those, those little uh, seminars in person, I think, have, been, have created a substantial amount of value. Because I'll get a phone call three months later and they'll say, I, you, had, you had that wonderful meeting. I, I, I know someone that may need your services. So that has been very crucial in, in, in this, um, during this time. Sure. I, know, I, think, uh, I appreciate those four things. What I caught from you is one, the element of um, um, blogging and that, that email, the newsletter is what I got from you. One, um, Instagram content, um, YouTube content, and then those seminars in your uh, in the office. Now, if somebody were to try to uh, find you on Instagram, what's the best way for them to find you on Instagram? How do they find you on YouTube? What are the the, the um, what's the best way to find you on those two platforms? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so um, my uh, my Instagram handle is uh, asking Daniel Law. Um, that's the name of my law firm. And if they want, you know, you can go, I'm the first option on Google. So if you type in Ask Ethania Law on Google, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the guy with that photo and that in the first option. Yeah. I'm not, you know, that, that guy's more handsome than me, but you know, that's, that's <laughs> a story for another day. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, Ask Ethania Law and it's the same thing on, over on YouTube? Yeah, Ask Ethania Law. And then uh, my, uh, my website is uh, www.askintanialaw.com. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, look, I want to ask you one last question um, uh, before before we wrap up. But but let me absolutely encourage the listeners to go over to Ask Quintanilla Law on his Instagram, follow his his page over there, um, and then also get a chance to engage with his content. Subscribe to him on YouTube, and let's do our part to show our appreciation to Byron for spending some time with us today. I want to ask one final question for us to wrap up our episode, which is. What are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Yeah, so I, I want to take this time to shout out a good friend of mine. His, uh, his name is Isaiah Artest. And yes, that last name is very uh, known because he's actually the brother of Metal World Peace, who's uh, the former wow. Los Angeles Lakers. So yeah. he's that guy has expressed a, a, a sincere amount of patience and sincerity and just being, you know, paying it forward so positive vibes will also be by association. So that's uh, that I think those two qualities and communication are going to be the most crucial uh, elements to any relationship because all relationships matter, whether you're in a professional relationship at work setting, whether you're with your romantic partner or just a colleague, I think that having those three essential elements, communication, um, you know, sincerity and patience are going to go a long way. So, yes. Communication, sincerity, and patience. Remind me his first name one more time. Uh, Isaiah Artest. Isaiah Artest. So Isaiah, if you're listening to this part of the podcast, we want to say uh, thank you for exhibiting those qualities that even when you're not even in the room, Byron is thinking about you and your impact on his life. And that says something about who you are as a person. So we want to say thank you for having an impact on Byron. Um, Byron, I want to say thank you to you for um, spending time with me on today's episode. No, thank you for having me, Derek. And, th- and I hope I was able to um, offer, you know, some genuine information and uh, to all the listeners out there, 
I'd love to do this again sometime in the future. And yes, um, yes, uh, Byron is somebody for the listeners. Byron is somebody that that already got the um the invite to come back before we even started recording, which is not everybody. I, I will say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for our listeners, we are so grateful. Um, for you, um, you, you're you're certainly our inspiration for doing this. Um, thank you for tuning in for another episode. Uh, be sure to go over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.